Hello, friends. This is Dan Jones. I have another quiet talk for you that I trust will bless you and encourage you today. In medieval times, the church built some beautiful cathedrals. They were masterpieces of architecture that pointed the attention of the worshipers heavenward. When I look at buildings like these that were constructed long before there were cranes or hydraulic power, I am amazed at the ingenuity of mankind. But more amazing than these structures is the building that God is putting up right now. Peter talks about it in 1 Peter chapter 2. He writes, As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the living stone, the cornerstone, as he goes on to say, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Jesus is the cornerstone. That's where the building starts. The cornerstone is the first stone laid. All the other stones in the building flow from there. He is the precious stone chosen by God. Paul said in Ephesians 1 that God raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Jesus is the beginning for us. He is the founder and perfecter of our faith. So Jesus was the first stone laid, the cornerstone, but he is not the last. There are many stones in God's building. You are one of them. In those ancient buildings, the stones had to be hewn by stonemasons. They took hammers and chisels and many hard blows. They weren't making sculptures to be put on a pedestal and admired in a museum. They were making building blocks to fit together with other building blocks that together would form a single structure with a very specific purpose. We will get to that purpose in a bit. But first, let's think about this hewing process. As living stones, we don't start out perfect for God's building. We have to be shaped, molded, formed. The process is intense. It is often painful. If I had a few hours instead of 11 or 12 minutes, I could tell you about times and events in my life where God chiseled on me. He uses some pretty rough tools sometimes. I must admit that quite often I didn't approve of the tools that God used but he never asks my opinion. He doesn't need to. He is the master builder. He knows just what he's doing. 
as living stones, our job is to put ourselves completely in the loving hands of the builder. We have to trust that his purposes are good and that he knows just how to fulfill them. Paul, the great apostle, got chiseled on more than most. He suffered things that would wipe me out, but he trusted. Listen to his words in Romans 8. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. God has a plan. Like a brilliant architect, he can see in his infinite divine mind the final result. We can't see that, but he can. I have such admiration for people who make things, who can see in their mind's eye what that project will be when it's all done. I wish I had that gift. But as wonderful as these human abilities are, they don't even approach the wisdom of God, the creator, the master designer. He has the foresight and the skill and power to bring his eternal project to its ultimate realization. So why is God doing all this unpleasant hammering and chiseling on us? What's his purpose? Peter tells us, we are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. What's a spiritual house? It is the house of the Spirit. It is the place where God lives. Here's a beautiful passage. I love this. For we are the temple of the living God. Just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. God says, I will dwell in them. Wow. Almighty God has chosen to live in us. What a thought. Over the last few months, my wife and I have done a lot of driving around looking at houses and neighborhoods. Most people are very careful about where they choose to live, where they buy a house. They want a certain kind of environment where they and their family can be safe and comfortable, where they can thrive. Well, if people have this bit of foresight about where they live, how much more does Almighty God have this kind of foresight? And He has chosen to live in us. You might say, well, when I look around at people, there's a whole bunch of them I wouldn't want to live close to. Well, the difference between you and God is that God has the grace and power to make us the kind of people he wants to live among. And while we're not quite there yet, he can see the end result of his beautiful project, conformity to the likeness of His beloved Son, Jesus Christ. All the stones in the building project are unique, and yet all are modeled on the perfect character of Jesus. God is making us into a beautiful habitation for Himself. He will dwell in us, and we will dwell in Him for all eternity. I'm looking forward to that. 
So when you feel that hard chisel banging on your rough edges, take heart. God is making you to be like Jesus, to be a part of his house. The end result will totally justify the difficult process. But before I stop, I should finish that beautiful passage about God walking among us and being our God and us being his people. Next, it says, Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Just as God chose Jesus to be the cornerstone, he chooses the other stones as well. He chooses those who have a heart for him, who long for holiness, who hunger after Almighty God. Associate yourself with others who have this purpose and desire. Do not yoke yourself to this world with its lusts. 2 Corinthians Chapter 5, verse 1 says this, For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. That eternal dwelling place that we look forward to is not designed and made by human beings. It is the vision and work of God who is inviting you now to be a part of his eternal house. Father, I pray that you will just take these words to the heart of each person who is listening to me. Let the Holy Spirit make them come alive in the consciousness of those who hear this talk and help us all, Lord, to desire to be Uh, living stones in that temple of the Holy Spirit that God is building, that eternal temple. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My dear friend, I thank you so much for your prayers. God is answering those prayers. Please continue to pray for us at the Bread of Life Anglican Church, and we meet in Schenectady at 1809 Union Street. That's the American Legion Hall, and we meet Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. If you don't have a church home and you're in that area, uh, please come see us. You'd be very welcome. As always, you may reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.